Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. You did it. When we started the show, we said we were going to unleash the Georgia Dow, and you did it. You disrupted my bank account. You completely disrupted it. How, but tell how me, was you, it worth it? Right. Was oh, it worth it? it, it? Great. Micah, you're a reporter. Um, what is the best food that has the best <laughs> price for like nutrition supplement? Like, what's what's best with that? Like, how you do you feel about ramen? That she asks yeah. like the strangest question. To I was it. Like, trying to figure out where this was going, and I was like, I think yeah. the answer is Soylent here, but I'm not positive. That's good. That's three dollars a meal. Yeah, I oh, thought that's man. why you were doing the Soylent so that you could afford extravagant purchases like yeah, this. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Georgia, I like you said. Oh, it's seven hundred dollars, and then this whole thing well, like okay. with games I did tell you. and cases game. and, and <laughs> the USB three proprietary card I needed. Like oh. you were a rat bastard, George. <laughs> you, you know, you know what this is. This is like the technology equivalent of like those free trips yeah. to Florida, and yeah, all you true. have to do yeah. is sit exactly and pay the tax. You just have to pay the tax. You just bought a VR timeshare is what happened. Right. Oh, my gosh. Dow calls and she's like, look, I've got a proposition. (laughs) It's only going to cost you $700 plus. Wait, what was that part? (laughs) And and then you find out I have a lot of stock in Intel. Right, right, right. Oh, my God. NVIDIA is my friend. I I need to see your tax return, Georgia Dow. (laughs) I got questions and I need them answered. Yes. Yeah, we we already had a base level computer, so we didn't need everything. Um, But I'll ask you another question. Was it worth it? Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. So So I thought it was just some like Georgia Dow hyperbole, like more Georgia Dow nonsense. She goes, I'll never be able to play those flat screen games again. And you're completely right, Georgia. It is. It is. It is like. Like score bars plus McDonald's McFlurry plus like riding the Incredible Hulk roller coaster ride with pixie sticks with pixie sticks. Wait, wait, where does McDonald's fit into all of this? I love the McFlurries. They're good desserts. Yeah, they are good. What's your favorite kind? Which which kind do you get? M and M. Oh, yeah, the M&M. It's a classic. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's I'm more of a shamrock anyway. shake kind of guy. But anyway, we can, I'm, yeah, I'm diverting yeah. us. Anyway, go go on. So what So what was it like, Bree, to have to create your own computer? And you have to find specific components, too. It's not just that anything will work. It, it They both, if you're working for Oculus or for, for uh, the Vive, you need some really specific high-end parts. So what was that like? Well, you know, I was really scared about this, right? Um, you know, I'm yeah. a pretty good software engineer, but um, I just... I, I frankly don't know a lot about, you know, like when people talk about, you know, Skylake and other Intel chip stuff, I have like a distant sense of it. Like I know Skylake is good, but, um, you know, when it comes to like, you know, voltage and compatibility, it's just not a subject I'm super interested in. So what I did was I went to PC Part Picker 
and I looked for um, a rig, and this was my mistake, where I said, well, Georgia Dow said 700, so I could probably go as high as 1,000. And then you're like, well, I'll just go ahead and spend 1,200 for, for really good. It just kept going from there. So, um, but I did. I found a build there called a VR Cube. Um, and the main feature I was looking for was a case that was very big, uh, because obviously nothing is going to be up to the quality of a Mac Pro, right? Um, so I figured the next best thing I could do is have a, a case that was large enough that was easy to work around in. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I did, and I just completely copied someone else's build. Um, you know, cooler, CPU, everything. Um, I did make a couple of substitutions. Uh, the RAM, uh, they had uh, four sticks of four gigs, and since it was dual channel, I just went uh, two sticks of eight gig. Because you have tons of RAM. Yeah. yeah, well, I have 32 gigs of RAM <laughs> yeah. in my Mac Pro, so How know, much? the thing, 32. Yeah. So, yeah, 16 is not even that much now anyway. Yeah. It's, but it's yeah. you know, one app at a time. It's fine, yeah. especially with an SSD. So um, anyway, I did that, and I went up to the um, uh, the 1080 uh, graphics card, which is well above the 970, um, and I got all my parts, and I was really, really, really nervous about it. Like, I was worried about, like, turning it on and it, like, frying. Did you suddenly smell a burning? I, I did. Can I tell you a story? Like, I came into the office the next day, and I just just smelt like burn everywhere. <gasps> oh my god! And oh no. I was terrified. And it turned out my next door neighbors had burnt a steak, uh. and the smell had wafted <laughs> into the that office. A steak that smelt like oh VR. Right. So um, I want to say, like, I don't know if it was just my experience and I just lucked up with the parts, but um, I, I'm not going to use the phrase easy because I think like assembling this assumes a lot of knowledge like you need to know that you know SATA is a drive interface you know you need to understand how you know how to apply um you know heat sink compound um but I would say it's very very straightforward um and I plugged it in it booted up the very first time on the BIOS you know all the switches worked uh it doesn't crash it detected all my drivers automatically and it was um actually a very very smooth process and I know you can appreciate this Steve I bought the Mac version of XCOM 2 and now because it runs like crap on my Mac now I can actually play XCOM 2 which I'm very excited about yeah, I've seen you playing that yeah. on Steam the last couple of days I'm like well she's supposed to be playing VR why is she playing XCOM 2 all of a sudden I I, I <laughs> it's a bit of both. You know, honestly, um, you know, I submit a disruption listeners don't know this, but um, right after last week's show, I was coughing like crazy during it. I don't know if you cut that out. Oh, yeah, Steve, I cut but, all that uh, out. Nobody. It, maybe maybe there's one or two that slipped through of it. I went straight to the hospital right after that because I couldn't breathe and they put me on like oh, four geez. different things. So I was I was recording with one lung last week. So the way that impacts us is um, like standing up and doing a bunch of active stuff. Like, oh, yeah. I still don't have mm-hmm. the strength for that. Um, But I I would say, like, once you start playing it, Georgia, it is a beyond magical experience. (laughs) It is is beyond magical. And I want to kind of table the Oculus stuff until later because I want to hear your view on that. But I want to say with the Vive, like, you plug it in, you get a Mm -hmm. portal demo, and you're doing things like waving the sticks around. Like, you pull a trigger and, like, confetti just explodes out from it, and you're shooting lasers. It's just beyond magical. 
I mean, in it, like is. Frank experienced the same thing. Like he tried it, he was super skeptical and was just hooked. And I had to practically <laughs> beg him to go to bed last night. So it's true. Yeah. It's funny because even people that aren't gamers nope. will enjoy this 3D. Like there's things that if you're not a gamer, I think that people think that VR equals gaming, and it does not. There's some of the the stories that are amazing, experiences that are so cool. Um, and everyone that I've had to try, non-gamers included, are like, this is the future. And they there's, they keep on coming over to my house. Now I'm like, okay, I'm not telling anyone because I, I don't have any time to play. <laughs> so so tell me that experience, Bree, when you first put on everything and got to experience it. What was it like for you? Well, um, you know, the first thing the Vive does is it, it kind of makes you set up the, the room area around it. So you have to, it helps it by my new living room is very large. Um, awesome. But it, it worked very simply. I was really impressed by you just plugged in the parts, install mm-hmm. was very, very easy. Um, it just worked all connected right off the bat. Um, and it, it's really magical. And I think the reason is like, remember when you used your iPhone for the first time and you mm-hmm. would feel your finger, like everyone has this experience where you'll move your finger back and forth on the touch screen and just like kind of mesmerized at feeling how closely it tracks it. Mm-hmm. Well, when you start to see your hands and the controllers mm-hmm. represented just that fast, it's, it's hard to explain, but it just, it, it updates as fast as your senses can perceive it. Like there's no lag whatsoever. Wow. Which is amazing because that means that it actually has to foresee and it moves slightly ahead of where it expects right. you mm-hmm. so that there's no jerkiness, which is yep. pretty amazing. And with, with the Vive, it's also it's real life replication of the controllers in 3D that you see, which makes it much less disjointed. Yes. And that feeling of just walking, you walk around with a controller around the room that tells the Vive, where are the walls? Yes. And you get that. I was worried about the wall data like being jarring, but it's very subtle. Um, it will like just kind of put it opaque, like the boundaries in front of you as you play. Um, so it, it, it definitely keeps you in your space. I, I do wish like I'd gotten a bigger house because I want <laughs> even more space. Everyone says. That's when VR um, gets really expensive when you have to buy a new house for your VR room. Right. Yes. But, yes. but I would do that. It is, I would it is, too. it's beyond magical. I mean, it really is like fantastic contraption is a great game, but playing it in 3d, it makes me really aware of the 3d modeling applications. Cause you're, you're building stuff and it really is just like pulling out toys on a workbench and pulling stuff together. Like it is beyond magical. So, um, yeah, I guess I mean, before we get to Oculus torture, like what did this track your experiences? I mean, how, how did you feel about it? Well, I think that the vibe, like the first thing that I did was the blue, which was the underwater experience. So it's I haven't almost, done that. yeah. Ooh, it's, they're really cool. Like they're not, there's some things that are cooler that are out there, but it's a nice way to start off when people are unsure or people that aren't gamers and looking around me and everywhere that I look, it's like being underwater. I actually started giggling. I was like, this is, this is the future. This is so amazing. I'm really here. And I loved that feeling. And mm-hmm. so if you're into drawing, you can draw in 3D and see it all the way around you. And the coolest part for me is that 
you believe that you're there. Like you really believe yeah. that you're there. If you are playing like for um, Fantastic Contraption, when I looked over, we're in the clouds. I actually found that I I got very little of of the the feeling of height that I really couldn't go go on in many games. There are some games that are just so intense. In that game, it was so intense to be able to press the button for my contraption. I actually was like, I have to go over there very slowly because I'm going to fall off this cloud. And so that's a really strong set of belief and that feeling of taking off your headset and then, wait, I'm just in this plain, oh. boring room was like, oh, because you're really in this world. You can experience it completely differently than anything else that you're in. Yeah, I Frank re- found he was worried he would fall over the side in Fantastic Contraption because oh. you're on a, a plowed. So, yeah. I just realized something. Georgia has basically reversed the joke from Isometric where we were always asking if she got a Wii U and now she's slowly <laughs> getting all of us to get yeah. HTC Vive. Right. Yeah. But yeah. You, will, you will thank me. That's not one of those things mm. where you're going to... It's Wait, going to be disappointing. Your bank account won't thank you, Georgia. That's true. You'll be poor and happy, but yeah. you will be happy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I won't be thanking you when my children are still staying in my house and instead of going to college because we can't afford to send them anymore. No, no, no. It's not just your kids. I have really? my cousins and their friends, and they're like, I need to go back and no, play. I, and I'm talking like, about they're going to leave the house because I can't send them to college anymore because I spent all this money yes. on VR. Oh, oh, oh. Well, they won't want, they won't want college when they play this. So you don't yeah. have to worry about that. No, no. So, um, yeah, Georgia, something I found is I literally have only played three games on Vibe because all of them are so good. I just can't. Like, sometimes <laughs> yes. when you get a new game system, you just want to, like, plop all the games in there and experience them. For this, every single one is such an intense experience. I find myself wanting to just devour it and go slowly. Does that make sense to you? I re- I do I and I I find that almost all the Vive games made for the Vive mm-hmm. um, are like that. I really enjoy them. They're very thoughtful, and even games that it's it's funny because it's such an immersive experience. The Vive because you're moving around, because you're grabbing things, you're actually picking it up, because you can interact with things. Like the first time the controller turned into a gun, I was like. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. The first time it turned into a sword, I'm like, that's it. I'm never ending this experience. And so you really want to enjoy it. And I think that almost all of the games for the Vive, there are a few duds, but almost all of them are absolutely amazing, even if the graphics are not um, fabulous. It doesn't matter because it's so much fun. You don't so care about graphics, even no. remotely. It just doesn't no. matter because you buy the world. You don't need What games all the, do you have, yeah. by the way? So the three I've played so far, I've played two on Oculus and I've played three on Vive. Um, and yeah, I just got this set up yesterday, by the way. But it was, um, my, my favorite so far is Selfie Tennis. And this is a cheap game, but oh my God. Tell me I about love this. it so much. Mm-hmm. So it's like playing tennis. It is absolutely like playing tennis. I've played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of tennis, and it rewards every single one of the skills. Backhand, serving, uh, bouncing the freaking tennis ball up and down on your racket. It's it's perfect. And like the two-hand serve where you throw it up and smash it overhead, um, it's just like that. And it's it's beyond amazing. So where does the selfie it, come in? 
Uh, because you play against yourself, so you'll hit the ball, and it will teleport you to the other side. Oh. So the question is how many times you can hit it back and forth in bounds. And it takes a lot of skill. It takes the exact same skill that um, tennis does. One of the biggest problems with that is because, you know, I'm six foot two. If I try to overhand smash it, I've hit <laughs> the ceiling about ceiling. four or five times. And I've also hit my television so hard I was worried I broke it. Oh, <laughs> because, I, because you do. You can completely forget that you're there you do like you, you start do. playing it and you're just like i'm playing tennis man let's go and then i start getting there's aggressive. no way i'm not hitting this hit right yeah right is it um, jarring to to be teleported like that no no, no. teleporting no. is the answer that you solves think the interior problem yeah, yeah. You, and you yeah. would think that it would or that it would be very awkward i think that they need a unitary way of doing it for all games because Lurie learning how to teleport does take because every game has a different way of doing it but once you get the hang of it, it's just plop, and you feel like you've actually walked there or gotten right. there in See, some way. It's not like it, weird. It, it makes me feel sick, but I don't like. I, yeah. I don't know what the experience is actually like. So that's I can I was see curious. how you yeah. would feel that way. The only thing is that if you're playing a shooting game, you have to know that you have to face. You're facing the op. You have to know where everyone is and face the other direction and know that you've spent, turned around, yeah. or right. you have to turn around because of that. But no, I, I actually find it really easy, and most of the games have it in a way that's quite intuitive. What is yeah, the way that the selfie tennis does it? Like, does the screen go dark, or is it just suddenly no, pop? No, it just bloop. It goes bloop, and you're there. And huh. it just it doesn't disturb you at all. But ah. I would say on the other end, the game that I want to love. So Hover Junkers is a game we've talked mm. about before on this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a game where uh, people are actually getting PTSD because when you play with people, like you can pull the gun up to your head and commit suicide, and it's it's disturbing. Um, so I bought this and I can't even play it, which is frustrating because it's $25. So the, Three? the reloading. That's so funny. Yeah, the reloading mechanic in the game is excellent. It is fantastic. So um, the Vive has like this big disc that's a touchscreen. So like if you're using a revolver in the game, you like flick it over to the side and it's like the cylinder pops out and then you move your finger in a circle around it and it reloads all the bullets and then you flick your wrist and you see the chamber go back in. And it's awesome. It is flat out awesome, even though the angle of the Vive things, like all my reflexes from, you know, holding a gun um, in time crisis, uh, like, <laughs> like it, it doesn't quite work there. I find myself aiming a little higher. Um, but as great as that is, Hover Junkers makes the mistake of having you floating around on this hovercraft and you're like, holding a controller mm-hmm. to make you go one way and it just makes you completely sick like 30 mm-hmm. seconds in it and I'm like nope I'm not doing that <laughs> uh, yeah. so yeah. yeah I found the same thing with yeah. Hover because my husband got really sick on it um, and we returned it which yeah. is supposed to be it was one when the vibe when we were ordering the vibe it was one of the most sought after games they said this is the game that's going to do everything and I found it disturbing and sick and it's one of the few vibe games that Besides ones that were made for Oculus, but the, one of the few Vive games that made us ill, and so we returned it. I'm going to do great, that, Georgia. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah, it it's it did not get better. We even tried eating the ginger beforehand, and it worked for a little while. But it it just we're just like you know what we're just timing out on this. So we returned it to get other games that that didn't happen, and there are other games that are. Like I would say, actually, even more fun. That's my thought on it, and I know that there'll be some hover junker 
lovers that will say, you know what, you're completely wrong, but getting ill off of a game, it ruins the experience. But Georgia, like the science shows that women are much, much, much more um, like prone to this kind of sickness. So it doesn't surprise me that there are a lot of dudes out there that don't experience this. So, you know, I mean, that's yeah, just... Yeah, but my husband did too, so... You know, it's not a one-to-one yeah. thing. You know, there's no. some overlap, but generally speaking, women do have a much bigger propensity to nausea. Frank got sick too, for what it's worth. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going to return that. Um, which is something, if I can just say, which is something so wonderful about buying things on Steam is that though, like, there are some experiences that are, like, under two hours, so you can return anything that you haven't played for longer than two hours, which for games that are short, that's really horrible. Um, and so we don't return anything that wasn't vastly expensive and that we, we didn't use if it was experiential and underneath that time, because I just think that that's wrong. But for any game that's big and long and you really don't enjoy it, you don't have to worry. So we try out so many other games because you know that if it's not a good game or it doesn't suit your taste, you can return it for those reasons, which is really nice. Well, I think a health reason, like that's, you know what I mean? You can educate yourself on, okay, this is a game that has this feature. I think I'll enjoy it. That's a very different question than if I play this game, am I going to feel so sick that I'm laying on the couch for 30 minutes afterwards? So, um, so you know, there are a bunch of other games I got. I forget the name of it, uh, Georgia, but there's one you recommended. This, like, Legend of Zelda, where you're in different rooms and you're solving puzzles and you're actually Is fighting skeletons. Vanishing Realms? Yes, Vanishing Realms. I'm oh, gonna you have to that finish tonight. that game. No, okay. no, no. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. We need a moment. We need a moment okay. here. Okay. <laughs> this is, this game, it starts out slow. And I have a trick for you, by the way, where you can get, anyways, I'll, later I'll talk about that. You first play You're the game You're not talking about a it. cheat code, are you, Georgia? Because that would be unethical. It's a Georgia cheat. Oh, my God. Cheat code. A Georgia cheat. This is totally oh, different. Oh, this is totally like Georgia I might write out. Then there's more oh, yeah, yeah. morals built in. I can make you rock this game, but... Um, this game, it starts off really slow. So it's not a great game. I don't usually have people try it out at first for gaming. And so it starts out slow and then it starts to build and build and build upon it until at the end of this game. So it's, and hope they're going to have more updates, more chapters to the game coming out. So it's chapter one and chapter two, but by the end of this game, this is the game that I was cheering I was like like screaming out. It was the most epic ending to a game. What? And I loved this game. So it starts hmm. off slow, um, but it is phenomenally fun after. So you have to finish the game. It's not that long, but enjoy it. Take your time, explore. You don't have to rush it. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. It's one of my favorite games Almost. There's a cut, two others that are actually, I might say now that I enjoy them more, but this one is a great game and it's a dungeon crawler and I hope that they make more games because I love dungeon crawlers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks really good. Um, there's also a bunch of uh, story experience games that I can't mm -hmm. uh, wait to play, like the the Call of the Starseed. Um, it looks really, okay. really good. Very can, science Can I talk about that one? That one's yes. also great. It's a great game. It starts out also pretty slowly and gets better and better as the game goes on so that one all except for the endings a little i don't understand it but um but the experiential ex, like the experientialness of that game is pretty cool and i lost myself for a little while in that game and then i smashed the wall because i completely thought i would like i <laughs> you'll know where where it is too but there's some really neat stuff for that game and really 
it's it's I don't know it's like two games put in one but when that game also gets going it's quite a great game you want to finish that one too awesome so I'm definitely gonna play it I'm looking forward to it so Brie can I tell you the next game you need though can I tell you one more game for the vibe that you just have to get you have to get I don't know if Frank will enjoy it as much but you have to get Battle Dome you have to get Battle Dome not even maybe you have to get why 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 tell me why okay do you like Splatoon uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Halo? Uh, or first-person really. shooters? Yeah. Okay. This Depends, is Splatoon yeah. with first-person shooters. It is paintball in a game. But do you have to move? Like, Well, you're in your room, and then you're, z- you're zipping yourself through the floor. You change the floor, your color. And I have, like, we can go through strategies and stuff for that game. You change the floor, your color, and then there's many different types. There's King of the Hill, there's shooters. I usually play uh, Destroy the Core, where it's like Capture the Flag, except you have to shoot their core a certain amount of time, just like in uh, Laser Tag. So if you like Laser Tag, Paintball, that kind of thing, and Splatoon, this is that game. Because one person colors the floor, and that's where you, your team, your, if you're red, you can go to the red-colored floor. And then the blue could blue color it, so you can't zone there anymore. And then you try to get to the core. And you can shoot each other with different types of really cool guns. A lot of fun. The graphics make don't do it justice, but um, out of its ratings and the amount of websites that are dedicated to it, it's one of the most popular games now. And a ton of fun. But wait awesome. till the other two are done, because those ones are <laughs> okay. cooler. And, and I, I do need to, make, I need to make a quick note. Um, if you happen to see uh, a, a tall person with uh, dark skin and <laughs> an Apple Watch walking around in your house trying to find your HTC Vive, it is definitely not me. <laughs> uh, I am not the one who is trying to steal your HTC Vive, just so you know. Okay. Uh-huh. It's it's funny before before we go off this also I so I googled selfie tennis because I you know sometimes when we're recording the show I'll Google the things that we talk about so I'll have links for later on when we do the when we do the show notes and the the first result is this article from Polygon that's just a collection of hand injuries from this game apparently because <laughs> it's just like all these people tweeting pictures of like back from like it, it's like back when the Wii first came out and everyone's posting pictures of their televisions with with Wiimotes through them this is just like a yep. collection a collection of like bloody hands so oh, yep <laughs> yep um yeah I mean I, I I nearly punched a hole in my ceiling so <laughs> yeah, yeah there we go there I mean, we but, go. but in fairness Bree that's just like Tuesday in your house right I mean, right, right of course of course don't tell my landlord about that um, right so so Georgia I want to talk about oculus next um because i i want to be fair to this product but i am really stunned by how poor the current oculus experience is i mean it is god-awful and terrible and i feel bad because there are some ways that you can look at the hardware and and say that it's it's even better and the software the polish on the software was excellent and um like i know how hard that team works like i don't know anyone that works at htc and i know a lot of people that work at oculus but um, it's just a horrible experience to the point I can't recommend anyone currently buy it. Wow. Um, you know, I got this, and the, the problem is, like, with the Vive, you feel like you have a body because you get to, like, move around, right? But mm-hmm. with the Oculus, like, I sat down and I paid $40 for the Eve Valkyrie game. 
And um, uh-huh. I instantly, oh. I'm just fighting the urge to throw up the entire time I'm playing it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's horrible. Like you're just using a controller, an Xbox controller, and it's it's quirky. On top of that, like the the detector in front of you, uh, it's extremely quirky in the way that it works. Um, and it's just, it's a really terrible experience. Like I would put the games I played there as a D minus and oh I played gosh. the highest rated games there where I would yeah. say Vive is a 10 out of 10. Now my friends that have access uh, engineering samples of the touch controller say it gets, it approaches the quality of the Vive um, once you get those and that does match my experience. Like when I use the touch controller at Oculus 2 it was beyond magical um, and I can see those being very superior to the Valve um, um, you know, the hand controller things uh, because it lets you represent all of your fingers. But um, currently, I just cannot recommend strongly enough against buying it. And I just put mine straight back in the box and I'm not mm. going to use wow. it until I get the controllers. It's There's there's some definitive differences between Oculus and their, their specs are almost exactly the same. So that's mm-hmm. why it's really interesting. Um, I find that Oculus visually, it's actually, it's less pixelated and less blurry on screen. I do find that it's a clear, like I wish I had the Oculus um, headset, though it's not as comfortable and there is bleed through underneath the nose. Yes. Uh, so terrible. you can see out, which is really like you want to be immersed in a world. You don't want the, the old world you left because it was boring to be leaking through. <laughs> wow. <laughs> can, your I, can I say something about that really quickly, Please. Georgia? The difference in headphones really, really adds to that. So mm. with, um, you know, with the HTC Vive, I use canal buds, so I put them in my ear, and it just cuts out all sound, right? That's awesome. The problem with the um, with the Oculus is it has these flat earphones that just go over it. So it's great if like your husband wants to talk to you, but it does stop you from getting fully immersed in that world. The, the Vive cord is uncomfortable enough that adding another one to the mix, it definitely is less comfortable, but it does pay off with immersion, if that makes sense. So Yes, yeah. yes, and I find the Vive it's heavier um, because it has all the sensors on the on the outside, but I don't. But it's more comfortable to wear. I don't end up looking like I've been wearing a VR set because Oculus will actually give an imprint and leave it on my face for a good deal of time. So I enjoy um, Oculus in some ways better because of its visual. So if I have to do a 3D experience where I'm just sitting and watching a story, I actually prefer doing that on Oculus. And for that, you may actually take Oculus out. If you're doing anything that's just a story mode and you're relatively stationary, if you're not interacting with anything and you're just watching it, Oculus is a better experience. HTC Vive, you can set the the distance in between your eyes so that you can make it clearer, but I still notice that it's more pixelated than that. And again, if you don't have really great vision, I have really good vision, so I notice that. If you don't, you may not notice anything because it's very, like Oculus... It's clear in your focal zone and in your periphery. In the HTC, with the HTC Vive, it's exactly clear where you're focusing, but on your periphery, it's going to be a little blurred. So if you move your yeah. head really quickly, you can tell that it's a little bit of fuzz. It's a little bit of fuzz. And for most games, I could care less. Once I'm in the game, I don't notice anything. But if you're watching something that's like a movie, you're, you're going to enjoy having that, um, the difference to it, and you might choose Oculus instead. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
Eve Valkyrie, uh, we got for free because it was a pre-order, and so we ended up getting a code to get it for free. I was really excited about this game because I love the idea of being a fighter pilot. You're going through things. It's kind of like a really great version of, of Star Fox. And, you know, I was like, yes, this is going to be amazing. I immediately got sick on this mm. game. And oh, everyone wow. else that has used it, even my child. Now, children are usually resilient to motion sickness, like maybe not a car or for long distances, but they're usually pretty resilient to that because they're bought. That's why they can go on on like a, a, a sled or a ski or on a swing and they don't really feel that bad for it. But on E-Valkyrie, I felt immediately ill. My, everyone else that's played it has said the exact same thing. So yeah. can you define yeah. immediately? So well, I'll tell you even why. Because so I, I have a reason game, for asking this question, by the way. But, but yeah. Okay. Well, I even know why it causes yeah. this, which is ridiculous that people that have created these games don't understand what causes motion sickness. Because this could have been stopped on this game. They would have had to change the game and make it a different game. But this was not necessary. So um, right away, so you're in, you're in your cockpit. They go through your backstory and you're shooting forward. I'm absolutely fine. And you're going through it. I'm shooting things. I'm looking around. No problems. Now, if you, once I'm moving on the Y axis, I'm okay. Up, down, all good. But you can also spin on the yeah. X axis. Yeah. Oh, like the like a barrel roll, you mean, or mm-hmm. a sideways roll, right from one wing to the other. Um, when I did that, that was it. I was done. And yeah. the, the it was. I don't even know why they would add this to a VR game. You you know that you this is exactly what they say, right? Why do people get sick in a boat um, or on a cruise line? It's because of incongruent sensory input from your visual field to your semicircular ducts. Because I see the horizon and the horizon is flat and I'm moving. That's what causes motion sickness. And then you add that as a feature into your game. Which is infuriating because for every game, that's what's going to cause it. It's not Y-axis movement. Moving our head up, moving our head down, that's not what's going to cause it. It's that side-to-side, like I'm falling over, that's immediately going to make everyone feel nauseous. And so any game that has that is going to cause you to be sick. And many of the games on Oculus do that. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, they should... you like. I, you're developing a game, you need to know with a, a new platform of experience, you need to know what are going to make people think that, because I worry that they're going to say, you know what, all VR is bad. And yeah. this game is one of the games that comes if you pre-order it, ship, you get it free. It's an expensive game, so you get it free. And so a lot of people are going to be playing with it, and they may say, you know what, this is why I don't like VR. And this has not happened to me with any of the HTC Vive games, nope. except for the ones that are for Oculus. Yeah. Well, it, Hover Junkers, yes, and for that exact same type of reason. So that if that was stopped, if the movement along the x-axis wasn't there, I don't think that this game would even make people sick. And mm-hmm. it's really a disheartening that that happens. Yeah. The, the reason that I was asking what immediately meant was because – so I tried PlayStation VR this weekend at, oh, at Best okay. Buy. And that was the game that I. Well, that was the game that everybody played. Eve. They had Eve Valkyrie. I mean, they had fo- they had a couple other games, but that was the game that everyone was playing. And right. I, I did, you know, it was it seemed more interesting than anything else. But um, and it, I the, the demo was only like five minutes, maybe, and I felt like a little bit like not really nauseous as much as like 
when you go like over a hump in like a tame roller coaster, like that little like stomach lurching, but not like anything that would have gotten me to, you know, to to throw in the towel. So I don't know if it's better about it or it was just a like a smaller sample set. And if I played it for like 15 minutes, I would have been done. Because I kept barrel yeah. rolling by accident. Because oh. the only instructions they give you when you started the demo was like, press L1 and R1 when you're ready to start. And, and after that, it's like, figure it out. And I kept pressing the one of the tr- one of the bumpers does the barrel roll like, you know, in one direction or the other. And I kept pressing that thinking that was firing. And uh, it was very much not firing. Um, it may have ended up, ended up with some sort of a projectile if I did it enough, but, um, but yeah, so, but I didn't get sick from it, which I don't know if that says something about, about PlayStation VR or just, you know, the length of the demo kept it from getting to that point. I I put up a thing on my blog. If you want to go read about it, we don't, we can talk about it a little bit, but I, I, I was expecting to be impressed, not having really gotten a lot of experience with VR and it didn't really do very much for me. And I... I have to say, it's one of the very best games on Oculus. Yeah. I mean, out of everything I played, Toy Box was the best thing I played uh, at OC2, but that was the second best game. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's very damning. I also want to say, like, you know, we, we've talked back when the show was isometric, we talked very critically about the Steam refund system. It's worth saying the Oculus Store has a no refunds policy. Um, I was unsure that I got my code. So I got in there, I installed it, and I spent $40 buying Eve Valkyrie. And then I found oh, out geez. that, oh, I did get this code, and I can't get a refund for oh. it at all. Oh, no. I mean, I probably could if I called them up and you know, used political connections. But, you know, that is... In, in a system where it really is a question, like, can yeah. I play this and feel healthy? Um, yeah. I think a no refund policy is just disastrous there. So It's, it's very short-sighted. And yeah. they've also, there's, we have a few beefs of many Oculus games that they, they're exclusive and they, they've changed that now, but they had a, like a DRM on it so that you can only use it for Oculus, though it would have played just as well on a Vive, uh, that they've just changed actually. And I think that they've opened that up and, you know, they've, they've put a few things that I'm like, you know what, that's not great for VR. You're doing this just to try to get as much money as possible. And that's why we will buy any game that's offered in both places. We'll get it on Steam. Yeah. Because yeah. if for some reason we get sick or something else happens, and then we feel comfortable to get it. We can get it. We can try out, test out more things. And we're, we're lucky that we're in the placement that we're not going to, like if something's a five-minute experience and we enjoyed that, we're going to keep it because it's good five-minute experiences yeah. for, other, for others yeah. to be able to try yeah. as well. Georgia, I feel like I have to fact check you on something. Like sure. you just said that there's no difference between a Vive and an Oculus, and from a developer point of view, oh my fracking god, is that not true? So, like, I think it's dangerous to give consumers an idea that yeah. like there's no development cost with supporting both platforms. There's a lot of cost to supporting both platforms. No, 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 platforms. no, no. This game sure, would play right. on both. This it, is it not a game play. that sure, sure, sure. could not right. play on the Vive or is not made to go on both systems, but Oculus has put in that you, for a certain period of time, it's only going right. to be uh, uh, given to at the uh, Oculus Home platform. This sure, is not sure, a game sure. that was not developed for both systems in mind. They're right. doing this so they get exclusivity so that more people will buy Oculus than the Vive. 
No, so no, that's, no, it no. wasn't totally that they're not that. developing right. uh, the game with both systems in mind in the first place. It's just Oculus that are they're doing this on purpose just I, so I just want to make yeah, it very yeah. clear that yeah. there's a high development cost to picking one platform over the other. And that's actually too bad. I mean, I wish they would kind of standardize it. And in some ways, engines will help you get around that. But um, yeah, it's uh, especially once the controller comes out, like that's a really big difference. Like, are you going to go touch controller or are you going to go like five? controller like that's that's a real question yeah and and that's i think that's one of the things that's going to hold it back really badly because right now it feels like trying to choose between hd dvd and blu-ray and it's very possible that one or more of these systems may not last more than a couple of years just because the market may not support multiple platforms especially on that that all run on a pc so yeah. that yeah. that's something that's really hard to commit that kind of money to be to a platform, even if you believe in VR completely and you want to do it. Which one do you buy? I mean, not everyone can buy all three. Most people are just going to buy one. And right. so that that can be a real a real hindrance. Also, I, I do. have. Can I ask a question to somebody who's only done VR for five minutes? And this is something that's sure. kind of kind of. I don't know if this is my experience because so here's where here's where I am right now, because like I came out of the PlayStation VR demo, like thoroughly unimpressed, except that after that, first of all, I saw all the people in front of me who seemed to be blown away. And then I read um, the article that that you had on uh, I'm more sister site VR heads that was talking about how the PlayStation VR was like the best thing since sliced bread. It's going to crush everything. Which I, I don't agree with, by the way. I'm just going to say either. it's my yeah. sister's site, but I, I think they're wrong. But yes. Because I've, I've been spending like the last week trying to figure out if I can trust my own experiences or not, which is kind of a really, oh. a really oh. weird place to be in. But like <clears throat> wh- I think the thing that really wrecked it for me was being able to see the pixels as clearly as I was uh. in the PlayStation VR. And, and what I don't know having not – and I guess I'm just going to have to try the Vive to get an idea – but what I don't know is if it's because it's a problem with the headset itself or if it's because I'm incredibly nearsighted uh, my eyes, not, you know, my personality. But um, <laughs> but so my like my eyesight, I'm like extremely nearsighted. Like I can see maybe three or four inches in front of my face without my glasses. But but without them, I can see like an incredible amount of detail at that distance. And I'm wondering if that's something with my eyes that I'm just seeing the pixels more clearly or if it's really a thing with VR where you tend to see the pixels a lot because I found that that really broke the immersion for me like really, really badly. Like I was seeing everything, especially the text on screen was, was like not blurry, but it was pixelated and that not being like an actual image just completely destroyed it for me to the point where it's, it felt to me more like, I was looking at something being projected on like a planetarium ceiling than I was actually looking at VR, if that makes sense. I, I would say it's the same for the HTC, um, uh, not that, the uh, the gear, Samsung Gear VR, because yes. it's just having you stare at pixels on a phone and blowing them up with a lens. So I would say yeah. it's that. Um, I won't know until I try it. I would suspect it's the tracking problem, uh, that just the hardware isn't as good. But I think it really comes down to the controllers. Like, without 
some kind of external controller for your hands, it's just a pointless experience. It's going to make you sick. So. Yeah, there's a huge there's a huge price point difference. And the reason that uh, VR heads, they think that PlayStation VR may win is because of how cheap it is. It's affordable to almost everyone. But for a real VR experience, you're you're dropping down. So the both the Vive and Rift, it's 1080 by 1200 per eye. And so on um, the... Uh, PlayStation, it's 960 by 1080, which is a 20% drop in resolution, which is a huge deal when you're talking about something that's that close to your face. Plus, the frames per second have been doubled up. So you're not actually, it's a much more, they, they say it's 90, but it's not really because they're just doubling their the frames. Yeah. So it's not that it's as fluid that it is. So you end up also that it's choppier. So when you're buying something that's half the price, especially when it's something that you want to have immersive, it makes a huge difference. And so that's probably why it's not even and I it's not even a fair assessment of what yeah. is VR. It's it's like the beginning set. That's going to be what it's like if you use your phone you know as a VR system. It's just not it's going to be a pale comparison in in between that and also just the digital effects, the lenses are really important and they're also a little bit poorer. And so it's it's a huge spec comparison. You can't really like there's the high end VR and then there's kind of like the mid range and PlayStation VR would be considered a mid ranged VR experience. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're rushing out this new rumored PlayStation four that does four K for this year because they realize that the PlayStation VR experience just isn't going to cut it on the existing hardware. But that doesn't matter because that's the hardware that a lot of people have and they're selling it as though it runs on that. And and that could end up being like a really a really bad experience for VR as a whole if that's the way that a lot of people are are going to experience it. And and I'm going to just second what you're saying, Brie. Like I as far as the controller is concerned, like my when I was done with it, like I spent five minutes in the game and I didn't want it. I, I was good. Like I didn't need to play it anymore. I was like, I've, I've experienced this and I'm good and I'm done. And I don't need to do anymore. And I feel like it's because I felt like I was wearing a headset on my head to do something that I would rather just do on a flat screen. Like, yeah. I don't need to play like a space shooter that I can already play on a, on a flat screen. Like it wasn't adding anything. Like I would want to be doing something. I would need to do something that I could not do on my PlayStation today in order to really get it because that was just like okay i've done this i can just see a little bit more if i turn my head around but that's not that's not super exciting to me yeah i think that's well said we should um we should close out but i i think i would say this like um one of the the problems i can see with vr is i i don't think it's going to supplant the entire game industry i definitely think there's always going to be a um a, a market that wants to play games on a flat screen and let me tell you why just because you know playing vr is a very physically intense experience it is and it is. it's something it, it it it's hard to explain but like when you just like kind of want a mental break, it's really awesome to put on the vibe and then you feel like you've been to a, like you feel like you've been on vacation, right? And then you're coming back to your life and that's really, really relaxing, but it's also physically taxing. Like, um, you know, you could get a real workout from selfie tennis if you had enough space. I'm so when it that. comes to like really having a chill, relaxed experience, like there's no way you could sit down and play vibe for like a, a, a marathon all day. 
that Saturday session the way that you can, say, with Final Fantasy XIV, a game I've been playing a lot of lately. So this is a great experience. Uh, it's definitely something every gamer should have, but it's a fundamentally different experience because there are a lot of limitations, and it's just, it's emotionally taxing. It's, you know, it, it just, it it's sending all your senses into overdrive. There's just so much of it you can take. I mean, it's like a Disney ride, right? Like you can only, these go in 15 minute increments for a reason, you know? So um, I, I I don't think it's going to destroy the game industry. I think it's just going to fragment it even further. Yeah. And there's also something to be said, like playing games as a group is still a thing yeah. too. And that's something that for right now, at least is really not going to be feasible and may never be just because of the space requirements to be able to have those kinds of experiences like it's just not safe to have you know i mean maybe you have multiple rooms but i don't think most people are going to be able to have more than one room in a in a house to be able to devote to like a vr area so even that's why if, we're buying another house <laughs> sorry sorry apologies and, and even then like you have to you know you have to kind of cut even if you're only going to have one right like you have to cut yourself off from the rest of the people who live with you in order to have that experience so which could be good or yeah, bad right depending when you have, on who you yeah, yeah. so anyway it's just what yeah. saying, I, I think yeah. like uh, right now if a real estate agent gets a license they're going to have to start thinking about we're not just looking for two car garages we're looking for two car garages and a vr room yeah and it's like separate even, from the house. I'm not even joking. I think that that's something that uh, we really are looking for. New place. God. That we're going to make sure that there's one room that we're like, you know what? This will be a nice, easy room to empty out. We'll put down the mats and be able to have some. Yep. Uh, yeah. so now, listening to you talk about this is so. Does it make you want to get it? Love yes. you, Micah. Like, uh, are you going to get it? Are you going to get one? <laughs> uh, eventually, but uh, okay. it's, it's, it's on the pricey side. So It is on the pricey side. I'll tell you, George. Georgia, that your enthusiasm about the Vive, if you had not been like as excited as you have been for like the last month or so, this <laughs> experience with PlayStation VR probably would have made me write off virtual reality for at least a year or two and just say it's oh, not wow. ready yet. Like, wow. like, I'm just like, I don't get it. And this is a waste of time and this is a waste of money. So the, it's only the fact that you're as excited as you are that makes me think that this is not the be all and end all, and that if I try the vibe, I might it, it might change my mind. But that's how like disappointing this was to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, yeah. and I can I I just think it's yeah it's an unfair assessment just because of what the play like it's a, it runs at I believe actually like sixty hertz to like you know again. But that's not yeah. good because that's how a lot of people are going to have their first experiences. Exactly. And because they get the PlayStation, they're not going to get something that will be a more exclusive experience such as the Vive. But anyway, we should move on. So so there is there is a an opinion piece uh, in the BBC article, and it's talking about how New York City, uh, their, their uh, city council has voted unanimously that is going to provide menstrual hygiene products free of charge in the public schools, in prisons, and also in unhoused shelters. Um, and it's not it's not yet law, but for all we know, this is you know this is going to happen. Um, and I think that it does need to. I mean, there are some places where there are tampon taxes. This is a bodily function that one cannot control 
completely, even with medicine. And so this does uh, like it, it, it. I can't believe that we have a tax for this. This just it, it hurts me to know that that's the case. So I I'm excited. Like I'm happy that uh, New York is moving to do this because one thing that's important to note is that New York City is kind of a proving ground for a lot of other places, and cities usually do follow suit when New York makes a change. And then Chicago is like, oh, me too, me too. I have to do this, and so on and so forth. So Georgia, I know that you uh, you shared this in our group chat as something that we wanted to talk about. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of this. Well, it's funny. We we really have demonized the thought of even talking about menstruation. It's something that was considered at one point dirty, that women's bodies were dirty, and that's why they had douches and other things that we had to cleanse our body with because it wasn't clean, it wasn't right, there was something disgusting about it. And so it was a topic that was not spoken about for such a very long time. And I think that we need to speak about menstruation and women need to know about this and what happens in your body. And it's something that's important to learn about. And so what happened is, is that in the schools, it was that tampons were not free and given. So people that were in prison, they did, had to buy their own tampons and pads. Ridiculous. And, oh. and so mm-hmm. what ended up happening, or and in some places they would give them a certain amount. And so some people <laughs> bleed and they bleed quite a lot. And so then they would use, it's embarrassing, it's humiliating, it's dehumanizing. They would use toilet paper or some people would try to double up on them, try to reuse them. It's just so very disheartening and frustrating that we've treated a bodily function that happens to to women and treated it as something that is disgusting and even in Canada there's tax on things that are essential items but there is there there's not sorry not tax on things that are essential items and tampons were taxed and people are also now discussing that 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 shouldn't be because it's an essential item and so it's now it was voted in New York that and it was, by the way, unanimous that we're going to now have that women in prisons, homeless shelters, public schools will have free access to tampons or pads. Though, be honest, women, you should be using a diva cup. It's better than all of this. But anyways, that's for another subject. You can you buy one once you save tons of money. But anyways, meh. look up diva <laughs> cup. Um, so. The cool part is that they even figured out how it's going to work in the schools because the first thing I thought about it when it's in the schools is that you're going to like, you know, take out like a thousand of them Uh out of the little machine because that's what happened in our schools. Here in Canada, Mm. they had free pads or tampons, but if you kept on rotating the little um, little thing, more tampons would come out and then people would be having like 30 or 50 tampons and then they'd be throwing them and using them for other things because it's a school. So they're going to be time dispensaries so you can get one and then you have to wait again for a certain amount of time so people won't deal with that. And it's just humanizing back to women so that they don't have to worry about this. If they can't afford to get their hygiene products, they're clean. And it's also more hygienic to think about having, you know, you have your one outfit and you don't have to worry about bleeding through, which is very embarrassing and really hard for for women that are going through this. It's just a rough thing. So I'm really happy that they're having this come through. I think that it's something that I'm really shocked that this didn't happen earlier. But it's because really, folks, like this is not something it's not essential. Okay, you have a woman with you with no tampons or pads. You want (laughs) to deal with that? Like that doesn't even sound smart. I mean, I mean, it's (laughs) a mess with the woman in the first place. But 
like, you know, make sure that they're not, not feeling like they, they can't have a sanitary product to make sure that everyone, everything is clean around them. I mean, it seems like not giving them like a toilet in the cell, like it sound it's it feels like that same that kind of a thing, and it's just sound. But and you that that sounds like ridiculous. Like, of course, you would have a toilet for them to use, but this is like the same thing, really. Yeah, well, we we often also think that well, they're in prison, so they deserve to to suffer, and that's part of well, they shouldn't have. You know, people are always well, then they shouldn't have entered prison in the the you know anyways and. You know, it's just we need to to treat people like people. Ugh, like if you exactly. want people to get better, then you need to to humanize it, not dehumanize people. That we know that that doesn't work. And so I'm happy this is only in New York, but hopefully that will have other people speaking about it. Women, speak up, talk to your legislators, let them know how important this is. And um, you know, it's it's one of those things that the people in power have never had to deal with. That if you were, you know, a man and you wouldn't know about this, you wouldn't have to understand what this like. And so, you know, you need to also help educate people of what your plight is and what why it would be an essential product. If, if I can speak on that really quickly, uh, I just read a story recently, and it was a uh, a person who worked in a legislative office. Um, she recounted a story of how she uh, was talking to a, a legislator, and I can't remember, you know, I don't know all of the details, but basically what it boils down to is um, while she was, like, interning there, uh, she asked to step away to go to the restroom so that she could, uh, so that she could use it to, to get a tampon and uh the person was told her no you'll sit there and work at the computer and you don't need to go do that oh my god and here's where it gets even more ridiculous and terrifying is that later on she confronted him about it and explained like you know she was just confronting him and explaining like this is why like how can you say this and it turns out that according to this story, and again, I can't corroborate it, but she said that he always thought that women used tampons to pleasure themselves. And it was a time for them yeah. to step oh. away and go diddle in the restroom. Oh and he God. had no idea about how yeah. the, the, like a woman's body works. Yeah. And so that's why he all, like he had that, that hatred whenever women would say, I, you know, I need to go do this thing. And I just can't, I, I can believe it because there are some terrible sexual education in schools, but at the same time, these people are in charge. How? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I mean that's that's a, that's a problem with privilege, right? I mean the the reason this entire subject is taboo, and the reason I don't think we talk about it is like a, a central necessary health, you know, it's access to healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. The reason mm-hmm. we don't do that is, you know, we really have a society that has been structured for the comfort of one particular group, and you know, it's it's. You know, it applies to so many things like, you know, gay rights or transgender rights. It's about people that really haven't thought about a problem. And, you know, when it comes to this, it's about people that have literally, they're they're so unwilling to think about 50% of the population and what those needs are. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. So, you know, I'm glad to see this. I hope other states adopt it. I I would just like it to be, I'd like it to be destigmatized, right? It would just Mm -hmm. be a normal thing that we talk about like getting a cold or scraping your knee it's not that big a deal yeah and and it's been it's been accepted and kind of expected like as a man like that you are not only not supposed to know about this stuff but that it's you shouldn't know about it 
like this is the thing that happens and you should never speak of it and you shouldn't know anything about it and and it's always like a con- like like a punchline in any sitcom when like the mother's away on on a business trip and then the the daughter gets her first period and then he has mm-hmm. to go and and you know and shop for the for supplies and stuff like that and well and and too yeah. it's been socialized like it's socialization for a lot of women and the reason i say that is because i like speaking anecdotally growing up i i was good friends with women more so than i ever hung out with guys and i can remember every time they would have that they would you know be talking about uh needing a pad or a tampon or something like that and then they would always look at me and go oh my gosh i'm so sorry that you know uh you know i know this must be awkward for you and it never has been but i I, I, like that had to kind of be an internal thing where I was like, this, uh, there's no reason why this should bother me because everyone around me would always apologize for it. Even like my family, like my mom and my grandma, anytime they, oh goodness, we probably shouldn't talk about that right now. No, it's okay. This is just what, uh, what your body does anyway. So yeah, I, I think that's true too, that the socialization that exists there for men and women and even for women, like to be careful about talking around it, about it around men. Oh, that's just heartbreaking. So I hope, I hope, uh, yeah, uh, Georgia, I hope that this continues to spread. And like I said, New York City is a, is a proving ground and precedent that a lot of other cities cite. So cross our fingers and uh, hope that it comes to other places as well. Yeah. That gets well said. Yeah. So tweets, let's do some tweets real quick. We have a question from Malikim2099, Georgia Dow. As a Reaper, I have an irrational fear of shepherds. Can you help with that? And can you Skype call Deep Space? Hashtag disrupt me. <laughs> so they got it. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a second to realize that this was Mass Effect Reaper and not Overwatch Reaper, because that's where my mind it's is right now. It's funny because at first I thought it was uh, Fire Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but any of them, we can take care of it. We can just give me. So, so how would you help the re- how would you help the reapers uh, not have a fear of shepherd of of, of shepherds? Well, I, you know what? There's sometimes there's like just a healthy fear, and so I think that in some ways you're <laughs> going to always have to have a healthy fear, but not an irrational fear where it is a fear of pictures of reapers or a stuffy of one. So of of shepherds, sorry. And so you want to make sure that you have you know a healthy understanding of where you have to be careful and when you do and when you don't. And then Very it's systematic well. desensitization. Okay. A feat. Or of, of, yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Micah, we'll do that. Don't uh, worry. Okay. So here's, we'll here's, a more ser- here's a more serious one that we can, we can finish out with. So, so Fez's in Bowtie asks, how do you feel about people who say they're, quote, addicted to the internet, unquote, versus, quote, addicted to methamphetamines, unquote? It depends on like the like often people throw around the word addiction when they're not yeah. truly addicted, but I think that there is a true addiction that people are having to gaming, uh, to social networks. Not to me though. Having not. I don't have any problem with Twitter. <laughs> no one, no, or no current no. people speaking no. of though. Of course. Um, but I think that it really is a thing, and I think that it depends on – like if you really do have addiction, depends on how it's affecting your life. It, are you you know, tweeting in the middle of every single meal? Are you, do you feel withdrawal yep. from it when you're not there? Someone yep. took away your phone or your computer. Uh-oh. Would you wither and die? <laughs> Uh-oh. If, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be addicted. <laughs> you, then you might be, and you might need to give yourself a little bit of space so that you can come back to a space where it's no longer taking over – from personal uh-uh. interactions with actual people. You're not people. my real mom. Yeah, you <laughs> gotta tell me what to do, George Dow. Don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> 
But I see a lot of that now. I see an unfortunate amount of people who are not seeing their family, who don't leave their house because they're more comfortable online than they are with Uh-oh. people because it's, it's a safer environment. Look, oh. VR is a safer environment than real life. So. Well, not 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 Oculus or HTC because that can be actually quite intense. You don't live in the states, Georgia. Like this is my my formula for getting away from mass shootings. It's just to never, <laughs> never leave the house. Like it's much never safer than VR. Well, there That's are right. dangers out there, but there's also people and good things too. And you want to make sure that you've increased your social skills because it's interesting. I have two things that I see a lot of now, and that is a huge destruction in people social skills like really yeah. really bad and these are people not that are going to have to I'm not okay. you not you no <laughs> okay, no good. present company excluded well, but i see a, a huge difference in the amount of people that are able to make eye contact even mm-hmm. being able to say pleases and thank yous able to deal with criticism um understand the way that the world works and they're getting better at some things but that's more stuff in you know, on the Internet of Things than it is with live people. And you're going to need that as a skill. And well, manners have gone down. There's, like, some interesting things that I think are because of that. I do want to pick a pick a quick nit with that. Uh, the, the reason why is because the, the question asks, uh, not, not with what you said, George, but with the, the question, it, it asks how we feel about people who do these things. And it's not the it's not the person. It's, you know, the action that they choose to take. And that's the thing that I have a problem with if there is a problem that I have with it. Uh, and I can remember a while back, Steve and I had a conversation surrounding uh Twitter or not a Twitter comment, but a, an app update involved the kind of making fun and making light of attention deficit disorder. Um, and that's, that's not cool. And, and I think the same thing does, you know, addiction, a lot of people still don't recognize it as and don't know that it is a disease. And when that's the case, you know, if, if we make light of it in this way, then it can kind of uh, come off. So I understand where the person's coming from and asking this question. I do think that we have to be careful. And I think it's a matter of depending on, you know, if you're having a conversation with a friend and it's just the two of you and you're talking and you both know, that's not so much a big deal as it is. If you do have a platform or you're, you're, you're essentially trivializing addiction, which is a very serious thing. Thing. So no. the action, there's uh, I, I don't know if I agree with that, Micah. You know, For out which of the part? three of us here, I think I'm the only person that's been to rehab. You know, I, I've struggled and come back from a pretty serious um, you know, addiction to, you know, not just Ambien, but also alcohol. And mm-hmm. I mean, something that I've been thinking a lot about, and I'd love your, your thoughts on this, is... You know, I feel like something I increasingly see from the left particularly is it seems like we are so free with offering prescriptive instructions for other people about what they can say, what they can think, what they can do. And I think it's two competing interests, right? Because like deconstructing privilege and, you know, asking people, for instance, that, you know, are able-bodied to really think about, you know, the casual use of the word crippled, for instance, Mm -hmm. that's worth doing it. But I think there's a darker underside to it where it's like, um, an unwinnable gotcha game. Mm -hmm. And I know for the groups that I am part of, I do try to have a little bit more grace, I think would be the word. So, you know, as someone who, you know, I've been to rehab, I've gotten clean and I find, I find a lot of the conversation about it. it, It's so filled with hopelessness. 
Um, you know, something I think we believed 30 years ago is that there wasn't an end to addiction. Now, some people do have addiction problems and they will have that for the rest of their life. And it's like a, a Jack Torrance situation where they're perpetually going to be craving alcohol. But, you know, science shows for a lot of people there is an end to that. And like, I truly don't crave alcohol or drugs at all these days. I just don't even think about it. And when someone offers it to me, I just, I mean, I could have it and just, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything if I did because I went to therapy and dealt with the underlying problems under that. So I would say for me, do I need to be really precious about this? No, I would like us to have more honest conversations about addiction. And in particular, I'd like us to share more success stories. Um, so that's the way I feel about that. I, I think there's a different, yeah, I think there's a, there's a difference between, you know, yelling at people and pointing out everyone's flaws and like trying to help other people understand why something could be offensive. And I think the the former is a counterproductive a lot of the time, but the latter is something that, you know, it, if I, I will do it, if it's somebody who I think is willing to listen, but you know, if it's mm -hmm. just like random strangers on the internet, that's just shouting into the void, you know? Yeah, and I just, I yeah. think there's, I think there's proportionality here. And like, for instance, my friend, Laura, she's going to get surgery today. She's transgender. She's having surgery today. And, oh, you know, wow. like if someone's great for her, right? Yeah. If yeah. someone's calling Laura a tranny on Twitter, which is something that happens literally every day, that's a real problem. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we need to talk about. Using the word addicted, yeah. you know, that's something maybe we don't. Or, or like, you know, Steve, you have children on the spectrum. Right. You know, like using something, some slur. I mean, it wouldn't apply to someone on the autism spectrum, but like retard. Yeah. That's a phrase we clearly should not use ever. Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to say that versus maybe occasionally using the word adjective, like crazy is an adjective, yeah, probably not the best thing to do, but there's proportionality here, right? right? And I That's just... That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I think it's the same impossible. negative connotation to the word right. crazy than it is to the right. word that they are acting retarded. Yeah. That was a word that was used almost as a slur. And there's a difference between them. Yes, I think that's well said, Brie. And, and it's worth saying that there are some people who use autistic as a slur, and we've talked about that on there the show, are, too. There yes, are. It, it yeah. really that. is, and them. I think that what Brie's talking about is it really is someone's intentionality as well. Mm -hmm. you know, and you've got to focus our attention on, uh, like Bree's saying here, the, the, yeah, the proportionality and like, mm -hmm. uh, why go after something like this whenever we are dealing with these bigger things? And I have to be careful too, as as Bree mentioned earlier, you know, prescriptive. I uh, will oftentimes unintentionally end up kind of like, you know, here's some advice where instead it should, <laughs> this is just what I choose to do. So yes. yeah, I, like yeah. There, there are words that I choose to avoid. And actually it's interesting. Um, my mom is visiting me in town for the first time uh, in about five years. I usually go to her, but this is the first time she's been here and uh, all weekend or not, uh, not all weekend. It's Friday. <laughs> so far um, I've, I've heard her like catch herself as she goes to say the word crazy. And I said to her, you know, I mom, you don't have to do that. You know, around me, and she said, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not doing it for you. This is a choice that I've decided to make, and I think that's awesome. Like everyone has, yeah. Do what you do, and you know, it's your choice on what you want to do. I am going. You know, I'll I will try to avoid the word crazy, but I'm not offended if someone else out there is just suddenly says it or something. It's yeah. It's about intentionality, and as Bree said, proportionality. I agree with all the points I, here. Is what I'm getting. I, at. I would say this one of because I I think of the four of us here, I'm probably one of the you know, larger public figures on the left, right? 
And something I've learned in this position is purity is impossible. Like making every single group happy all the time. It just can't be done. A really good example in the election. Look, I support Hillary Clinton. And I would routinely make you know, Bernie Sanders voters extremely angry. So when you have intersectional identities going against each other, it leads to a lot of conflict, right? Because if you have women that want to feel represented and see a lot of sexism in the race, and then over here you have people that, you know, feel economically discriminated against and like they can't get a fair shake, you know, these are two identities that hit head on. And I feel like sometimes in the left we're so intent on like jousting about who's, you know, like who's worse off or whose concerns are more important. Um, It's really difficult. And there's no way to win that unless you just choose to never say anything of substance. So, yeah, I I really hope I'm not coming off as like, you know, Dilbert here and saying, (laughs) ah, screw all this political correctness. But I'm trying to take a nuanced position here Mm -hmm. and saying like, you know, I... I always appreciate thoughtfulness, and I think if you're trying to be thoughtful and respectful in the way that you talk to people, you're you're in the right way. But like hyper analyzing every single word choice, like the word addicted, that's that's just not. I I just want to live in a world with a little more easygoingness than that. (laughs) And I'm Brianna Wu. I'm not exactly easygoing. So yeah, that's that's my feelings on the subject. I think that's well said. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm going to call that the end of the show because I think that was a great way to end it. And it is time to say goodbye. However, if you want to give us a call, because we haven't had one of those in a while and we'd love to hear your voicemails and your questions, you can give us a call at 508-418-3532. That's 508-418-3532. Please, oh, please, oh, please review the show on iTunes. It helps us out so much and we love reading your reviews. And if you are curious to to get at any of the stuff that we've talked about, uh, pretty much you can just type in htcvive.com and you've pretty much covered most of it. (laughs) But the rest of the stuff you can find uh, at relay.fm slash disruption. And if you want to send your questions over Twitter as opposed to giving us a call, go ahead and tweet with the hashtag disrupt me. And... That is that, that that about wraps it up. Our I got Twitter. a great way to end the show this week, Micah. I got okay. a great way to end the show this week. Do okay, it. so uh, all of us here, uh, we're going to do this for each of us. So um, I feel that it's time to cut ties for just this show with Micah and vote him <laughs> off of the show. So uh, we're going to vote on Mexit right now. Uh, everybody Mexit. for Mexit, please say aye. 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 Georgia? Mike off the show. See, she's Canadian. laughing. Her vote doesn't Aww. count. Okay, great. Oh, Bye, Micah. Steve okay, now we're going to vote on yeah. Stexit. Everyone that thinks Steve, Steve should leave the show today and cut just for the show and should be off the show now, uh, please vote aye. Georgia? I, I just you want know, to make sure that, that you understand Steve? the ramifications of dissociating you know with the salty I, union. Okay. This goes. Okay. <laughs> I vote aye for voting vote Steve I. off the show. Yeah. Okay, great. He's gone. Okay. Uh, now we vote for Dexit, which is the Dow exit. Everybody vote for Georgia off the show now. I, Micah? No, I can't. Your vote. Yeah, I, I, I can't. can't. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't. I can't.
Yeah. Oh. Georgia didn't vote me off. Well, Georgia, you're going to have to stay on this podcast for eternity. <laughs> All right. So wild. now this is what's so frustrating. I can't use Brianna and Exit together because it's Brexit. <laughs> so <laughs> Brianna Wu gets to leave the show and go eat dinner with her husband. Please say I. I. Go I. eat dinner. That Nay. sounds great. Okay, if you want to eat dinner, then I perpetuity. say okay because you Enjoy want to eat dinner. Enjoy the podcast, Georgia. <laughs> and uh, I just have I'll to ask you really quickly. I'll be here next week waiting for you guys. Where can we find everybody on Twitter? Our show account is underscore Disruption FM. I am at Micah Sergeant Bree. Where are you when you're not eating breakfast with or dinner with your, your husband? Uh, I am at Space Cat Gal. The infamous account known as Space Cat Gal, where you can get and, really hot Brexit jokes, including <laughs> Trexit for Trump um, and the Gexit for uh, everyone that thought Gail should have been at the end of Hunger Games, like moving <laughs> the so. I love it. I love it. Uh, Steve, what about you? Uh, you can find me at Wicked Good, not putting anything, doing anything nearly that exciting, though. Ah, uh, <laughs> man. And Georgia. Where at, can we underscore find you? Yeah, at Georgia underscore Dow. Soon to be at Georgia Dow. We just got to make that happen. That's no one yet. Yeah, help me people at Twitter. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. All right, Steve, go, you got go, something to dis- say to us? Go. Disrex it. I'm go. leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. Disrex it. Oh. Bye. <sighs> uh. Goodbye. <laughs>